The reproduction of this content is not allowed without the express written consent of EBH Fitness LLC. Victor Herbin III, and I'm taking it to the house. And I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover, and I'm taking it to the house. Where y'all been? Where have y'all been? Where have y'all been? You don't call nobody. You don't let nobody know you made it home safe. Where y'all been? All jokes aside, we're glad to be back, and we got some fire for them. Vic, what say you? First, welcome to another season. Now, I don't, no, we're not talking about the NFL season. We're talking about another season of taking it to the house. Yes, we all got to take a break, y'all. I hope your summer was great. I hope you got your refreshment. I hope you're feeling good because we got something for you today. In fact, let me just start with it. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm wound up tight right now. One, my fantasy team this weekend has got their head smashed in because it's been some subpar football. I know week one is really week five preseason, but, but my – but my first take, just to set this off, when will the NBA, the NFL, and Major League Baseball do something about these degenerates, these freaks, these men who have no class, no respect for women in these domestic violence cases? I wish I was only talking about one person, namely what? Porter that came out of USC, the basketball player who finally just got arrested and may get suspended from the Houston Rockets or the league, what have you. But also our homeboy. I can't even call a homeboy right now. He need to be a boy on cell block 10. Our guy from Los Angeles Dodgers, Urias, that we were crowning the next champ. How dare he? So when will the leagues take this serious? You and I are both girl dads, man. So when will they start saying enough is enough? We saw this with Ray Rice almost a decade ago. We saw this with Greg Hardy. When will the league say, I don't care about your talent. I care about your respect for women. I care about how you treat people. I care about the image of our league and your teams. And, so, and give these guys lifetime bans. Pete Rose got a lifetime ban for betting on baseball. But we got jokers sitting up there, uh, domestic violence on women, and still getting rewarded with million-dollar contracts. Enough is enough. That's what I got. Well, I'm with you there, you know. And that's a good way to start off because uh, – Let's, I'm like you, zero tolerance. Uh, we shouldn't even have to play it out in court. We shouldn't even have to get due, due diligence, if you will, or due process. No, no, no. And being a girl dad, man, and it does hit close to home. Yeah, uh, we got some dads out there that would probably like to do some street justice. But leagues, you need to clean this up like right now. We don't need a players union to step in. No, we just need to know that this is not acceptable. It's not acceptable in life. It's not acceptable in our sports. So zero tolerance. That's what I will say. 
And that's my take on that. Urias, shame on you. Uh, 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 your boy Porter, shame on you. Ray, the Ray Rices of the world, shame on you. There is no place for it in our society. Now that we got that out the way, fans, let's get back to some real sports talk. Uh, your girl. Yeah. Coco. What yes. you think, baby? Let's start off with some tennis up at this camp. What you think about that, man? Well, I'm, I'm just in awe of this young lady. And it's not just what she's doing on the court, you know, with the net, with a racket. It's how she handles herself off the court. 19 years old, somebody has to show me a license, give me a, a registration, show me she's 19 years old because the way she carries herself, she's above that. But her grace, her performance against several odds, she came up as a US Open champion this, this past weekend. And I just wanna say congratulations to you, Coco. Way to do it. The, the first 19 year old since Serena, oh wow, and you're black too? Go ahead, girl. Go ahead. Since we're in New York. Okay. Well, golly, man. So much is commemorating this particular day at that in New York, but I'm going to leave it at that. That's just a tease. Back to you, partner. I agree with you. I'm still amazed. So we start thinking about diversity in sport. Let's talk about tennis. All right, so they talk about King Richard, what he did for the Williams sisters, Venus and Serena. But to know that almost is almost, what, 25 years ago? I mean, dang. And to say Coco is 19, and to see between uh, Serena and Venus's reign and Coco coming about that, what, what was, how powerful that is? But also, are we still underrepresented in the field of tennis? I mean, to say you're the first one since Venus, as if you're talking about it's the first one since Arthur Ashe or the first one since 1960s or 50s. You know, it, have we have we made strides in the field of tennis or is this just that much of a competitive sport where the odds against everybody who has the opportunity to have that racket and that ball? I mean, how, how significant really is this for Coco? Well, it's significant for Coco. It's good. It's significant for black women, but it's significant for women in general who have been underpaid compared to the male peers. And so I was looking and listening to her uh, thank Billie Jean King, you know, who who really kind of set the temple, set this ablaze. No, we are women. We are good. And we are as good as the men. I'm not talking about being played on equal terms. I'm saying they need to be paid on equal terms and therefore our enjoyment. So uh, uh, Coco, you hit you you done well. You did good, Serena, uh, Venus. Damn, you you guys are doing good. We got uh, Miss Keys as well. So we got uh, some other blacks and men, black men also that are representing. But to your point, for Coco, we have made significant strides, but yet we still, I feel like we're still having to do more. You know, you have to do double. And and why is that? It's because of society, and that's that's okay. But we will say. The Cocos of the world, the Serenas of the world, the, 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 the Venuses of the world, they're being duly compensated. We're talking about corporate dollars. We're talking about heavy money that the Billie Jean Kings of her time, even Navratilova in her time, would love to be able to get. So we're being duly compensated. But are we being, are, have we brought the sport up? Are we being elevated as black women? Uh, we still have, I feel like we're, we, we still have a ways to go, brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, it, it's it's moving. It's exciting. Uh, I'm I'm encouraged. 
as I watched my daughter continue to progress in the field of soccer, only because these doors continue to start opening. And as Title IX and 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 other lobbyists on behalf of women's sports say, hey, look, this is a sport. This is a woman. This is a man. This is the sport of soccer. This is the sport of base, what have you. Uh, get them that just do. Allow them to continue to be branded. Allow them to continue to excel and be fairly compensated for that. So that's good stuff. But look, um, talk to me. I I know basketball is your love. Yes, sir. And and in lieu of NBA, since it ended in June, we've had the opportunity for FIBA. Have you been watching it? If so, what are your thoughts that we didn't medal as U.S.? Did was there any signs of progress or promise for you to get ready for the Olympics? Okay, FIBA, America FIBA basketball is a poor product. It's a poor product from marketing to what they're putting on the floor. So Grant Hill took over for Colangelo as far as uh, um, managing the whole FIBA Olympic American team. So. He hired Steve Kerr, and so that's relatively new because for, for the longest we had Mike Krzyzewski, who was running, you know, our Olympic, our American team. It was all good, and they went through all the trials, but when you go under new management, there are going to be some trials, and I would say they have failed these trials. First, marketing I mentioned. Who knew when the games were going to be played? Who knew where the games were going to be played? How about you start there? If you want your people, that being us, are the consumer to, 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 to get behind it, don't tell me as a news, tell me as a preview. Let me know where I can watch this game. And you're right, I am a huge fan. So Grant Hill, you need to package it a little bit better. Steve Kerr, you need to coach what you have. I think you did a good job. You had Spolster on the side. You had Ty Lu on the side on the sideline. So it wasn't a coaching problem. It's a problem when we think we can put all stars together for a couple of weeks, a couple of friendlies, and you go and play against other teams. We are not the better team. When we assemble five to 12 to 14 players for two weeks, and, and this is what we should expect, the Lithuanias of the world, the Canadas, even Germany. What? What? Okay. So I will say this. These other teams are the better teams. Congratulations to to, to Germany for winning. Congratulations to uh, Canada for meddling. And I think it was Lithuania for taking the silver, if I'm not mistaken. But we need to come up out of there. USA needs to come up out of there with something. With something. I'm like this, man. Before the game is over, you need to tip over the table. Say, I quit or something. Leave there. Do not be embarrassed like this. Take off your earrings and act like you got some fight. Well, anyways. I take away from it, uh, Reeves, he just got paid. The Lakers just duly compensated him, and he looked good in the FIBA format. Then you got your boy, the Ant-Man, uh, Anthony Edwards from Minnesota. He acted like, man, his life depended on it. We need a couple more players, just a couple more players with their attitude on that team. So we've been successful only because of talent in the past, not because we are the better team. So we have, Steve Kerr said, the world has caught up to America. No, no, we're just uh, uh, arrogant. Uh, we think we can just put anybody out there and make it happen, and it doesn't happen that way. 
has the world caught up? The world is a lot better. The Dirk Nowitzki's, you got your boy from Dallas. I, uh, I can't th think of his name right now to save my life. But we got we got some foreign players, European players that are very very good. And if you allow them to play, and they've been playing together since they were teenagers to grown men, they are a better assembled team. They know their roles. They know how Luca. This is who I was thinking about. You got your Lucas of the world who can be an MVP, an MVP player anytime he laces up any game, he, any season. He's that good. So, FIBA, I'm disappointed. And I'm disappointed in our management starting at the top. I like what you said, man. The American arrogance cannot find its way back in basketball. It can't. The the who won the MVP the last four years? A foreign born player. Your boy Joker got it, what, two or three times in a row? Then we have uh I thought the Luca didn't get it, but definitely Embiid. So Be you got, yeah. So uh hello, American players. Is this thing on? Uh <laughs> Don't 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 think you got what it takes. You can't even become MVP in your own league. So there's a whole lot more Lucas, whole lot more Jokers, whole lot more Embiid's out there. Of uh, the Van Fleets. I mean, you talk about Canada, Canada. I feel like Jim Moore. Playoffs, Canada. Since when did Canada have a basketball team? Right. So that should right. be a big slice of humble pie. That should tell anybody in wearing the NBA uniform who happens to have an American birth certificate, hey, wake up, partners, because how embarrassing will it be on the world stage if people wasn't enough of a little litmus test when the Olympics come around? Are you humbled yet? Uh, there is a great documentary on Netflix called The Redeemed Team, and it talks about what uh, Mike Krzyzewski had to do to get that team back. He had to go so deep into his reservoir that he had to recruit Kobe. Yes, recruit Kobe to come play. Recruit him as if he's recruiting him to come play for Duke when he graduated high school. He says, I had to go out and get Kobe. Why? Because while he had LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Camaro Anthony, they, all these superstars, they did not have the winning ethos. Yes, the winning ethos to play internationally, the winning ethos that had the discipline, how to come together as a team. And what Kobe brought to that team, he was clearly the X factor. Yes, they had the talent, but they did not know how to play as a team. You got young Reeves and Ant-Man coming and say, look, we're going to give it our best. But if those are only two superstars, young up-and-coming superstars, who is the one that will lead that team? What did that just tell you? Uh, uh, look, I'm so fired up. So you got Steve Kerr. Yeah. How many championships he won? How many championships Ty Lue win? So it's not like he had a ragtag bunch of coaches on the side. So it, so he knows how to deal with talent. He knows how to deal with NBA players. But that shows you. Don't 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 dismiss the quality of play international players are coming with. All oh, the other rest of the world is caught up with us. No, you got ran around circles, partner. You 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 one of the best coaches in, in NBA history. So 
Give the international players and international teams their props. As you stated, they played together since they were youth. So that is like a professional AAU team. Imagine AAU in America that made it all the way to the pros. That is what they're playing against. So don't dismiss their talent because they have an accent, because they they have funny-sounding names. Them boys bust your ass wide open on the court. Now take that medicine and digest it. Get your games up and ready for the NBA. Uh, get ready for the Olympics when it's time. And it's time. You don't come home with nothing but that gold. So I'll be interested to see what, what we learn and what we see. But I did like seeing Austin Reeves grow up a yes. little bit this summer. Yes, yes. But I get it. You wanna you don't wanna run the score up, you don't wanna show teams up, but at the same time, as coaches, we have a, a responsibility to make sure that our student athletes get the best opportunity to showcase themselves for the next level. Right. And I mean that that's part of the leadership. Uh, that's part of the leadership for the programs, whether it's football, basketball, track and field, that comes with it. And so that's the delicate uh, dance and balance that each coach has to do. And, it's not throwing rocks at any coach uh, or coaches in particular across the city. Um, we're, we're talking most of the parents so that you understand that, uh, sure, there is a balancing act, and it's a very careful balancing act because uh, at the end of the day, once those kids leave your school and head off to college to either play or not play or whatever the case may be, you want them to leave with a great experience from your program. <laughs> Let's go to college football in particular. Let's go to prime time. Let's go to Colorado. Let's talk about the Buffaloes. Man, have you been drinking the juice? Are you drinking the prime juice, man? Or is it just hype? Talk to me. Let's transition there. Let's pivot right there. Bruh, have I been drinking the juice before he was prime time? His name was Neon Dion. Look, I drank so much of that. I'm not going in the dark like Neon Lights, man. Look at this. I feel Neon. Now I'm feeling prime, baby. Dog, look, yes, it's a Pac-12 team, and I'm USC through and through. You got that. Next year, he's going to be Big 12. This dude marketed the hell out of himself and his brand. He did what he had to do at Jackson State. Black community was upset that he left. HBCU country. No, he put HBCU country on the map. And what did he do? He said, I'm bringing this to the Power Five Conference and I'm bringing some of these young bloods, these young brothers out of these HBCUs and they can come watch what they do here. Watch what they do here. You telling me in two weeks, he didn't play no chumps. He didn't play no chumps. He played the defending uh, 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 champion uh, contender in TCU first week out. Busted their head open to the white meat. And then another blue blood program called Nebraska. And he wore them out at home. He went on the road and kicked some ass, and then he did it at home. So, look, I'm feeling the hype. I want him to win next week, which will be a 3-0. and And then it creates a great matchup between Buffalo, uh, Colorado and Oregon. If they could both match up at 3-0 and game for week four. Look. He's already exceeded expectations because they didn't give him a chance. And he gutted that roster saying, look, y'all won 1-11 last year. Why the hell am I going to keep any of y'all losers on my team this year? So don't hate on my man for learning how to use the system. I love it. I am drinking all primetime juice. And his boys, you're talking about two players on that team right now? 
I said right now because you don't know next week uh, another player may come up on a Heisman. Shadir Sanders, his son, who is balling out as a quarterback, and then Travis Hunter, who's killing on both sides. Uh, but the way his son is throwing that rock, any of these other receivers may be in line for Heisman consideration. So, yes, it's not his hype off the field. It's what he's doing with these guys on the field. I'm loving What do you think, huh? He asked the nation. He asked anybody who will put a microphone in and anybody will listen, do you believe? He was asking every, do you believe? TCU. The question is, do you believe? Nebraska. Do you believe Ed Water and any other newspaper reporter? Do you believe? Well, guess what? I remember Colorado being on anybody's TV last year. So America is starting to believe because he's a self-marketer. He has people, he has Colorado playing in prime slots and people are paying attention to him. You mentioned their record last year. They won one time. He's already doubled that in his first two games. He is undefeated. So I believe. And I believe a lot of other people will either going to love him or you're going to hate him. So they may be tuning in to see him got, get knocked down. That's why they hated Muhammad Ali. He not only called it, he was telling he was going to knock you out. And people started hating him. But guess what? He kept coming with it. And he kept coming. The only person that would knock out Muhammad Ali was the government. So go ahead, Dion. Dion, go ahead. I'm believing it. I love the hype, and I like you, to my niece's point, you being yourself, making the, the, the kids believe in you, believe in the system, and to go out and perform. I believe in it. You're talking about his son at quarterback, his first game, 500 yards, and how many touchdowns, I forget. He only goes back the next game, another 300-some yards. He's performing at a Heisman level coming out of HBCU, as you said, do you believe that the numbers speak for themselves and for you not to believe, you better respect him and that's all he wants. You don't have to believe, but you will respect him. I believe TCU now will look at him a little bit differently next time, the next time, and Nebraska and anybody else will not take him lightly. They're playing some good ball, uh, scoring very well they just cannot run the ball enough so they don't have a they got a running a little fast little back i can't think of his name but he's just not big the line is not blocking they're not schemed up to run the ball uh efficiently i think in the first game he threw the ball about 50 times bro if you're not if i'm not mistaken so they're not balanced but in the end is it wins and losses that you count well he's up he is winning Speaking of do you believe, uh, do you believe in this year's NFL season? Week one oh is almost over. What are your highlights and lowlights, bro? What you thinking as we get ready to close out this show? Well, we started out with Detroit and, and, and Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, all he wants a guy to do is, is catch the ball. Just catch the ball. So you didn't have Travis Kelsey. Therefore, you didn't have to double team him and leave these other guys wide open. So they had to shine. When the moment was brightest, you had to shine. Well, they failed. They, they failed Patrick Mahomes. And Detroit is not the Detroit of old. 
So they went into Arrowhead and they have gained the league's respect. Do you believe? Well, the Lions and, and their coach, they are playing some good ball because if you remember how they finished last year, they almost made it into the playoffs. They just fell a little bit short. So watch out for, for the Lions. Yesterday's game being week one, like you said, it's almost completed. Uh, kind of nondescript with the exception of that Chargers and Miami game. <laughs> Man, I was sitting on the edge of my seat going back and forth. Oh, and you mentioned fantasy earlier. Well, I got your boy, the cheetah. I got Hill as my receiver. He gave me a cool 40 points. So I'm kind of happy with that. And I'm starting off 1-0 in my fantasy. So keep doing what you're doing. I could see it to you, sir. Yeah, man. It's already great that football season started, but it was a little, the way it started on Thursday made me very excited about what we're going to have coming to the weekend. And I guess you got to find out what makes a great, exciting football weekend. I want to see Joe Burrow do something. So does that mean that that's bad because he couldn't show? Or that mean that Cleveland was just that dominant? Like, what, where do you find, you know, where do you say this was a good success? I'll tell you what pissed me off. Now, look, Dallas fans, I love you all. I love to hate you all, or I hate to love you all, however you want to say it. But you all are some very special fans. I hated watching that show last night because this is the first weekend, unless you're unless you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, like what was I supposed to get out of that? 40 to nothing? And it was bad football. It's one thing if it's, I mean, damn. Come on, Daniel Jones. I mean, the Giants have a great opening drive only to fumble, get sacked, and then they can't even get the three points on that first drive, and the whole game was done. I mean, I don't know why the game was still on my TV. It was like a car wreck. You just want to see how bad does it get. And that was horrible. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. You know, NFL, stop putting that game on every year. No one needs to see that. No one needs to see that anymore. I would have loved to watch that Charger-Miami game. I would have loved to see Man, maybe that was the only highlighted game of the whole weekend. I'm sure there may have been another game. But look, at Pittsburgh got smashed. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Ravens smashed. <sighs> smashed Houston, but they're supposed to. So, I mean, there's some games, but there's some injuries, man. I, I, You know, obviously a Ravens fan. I'm disappointed, J.K. Dobbins. We had a great year looking forward for him to really break out. And he's out again. Achilles tear. Uh, last two two years ago... ACL tear. So snake bitten, man. Snake bitten. So tonight, what happened? Aaron Rodgers on Monday night got carted off. Unknown the status of that injury. Uh had so much hype watching him with hard knocks. They're already talking about the Jets as a uh as as a favorite to possibly make it to the Super Bowl, at least deep into the playoff run. So I'm excited how this season goes by, but I love watching these up and coming teams like Detroit. I, I am definitely picking in a winner division, but I also love watching Jordan Love come out as a Patriot, uh, as a Packers, uh, his debut, and he took them to a win against a division rival. So, you know, it, it was okay opening weekend. Uh, you had some highlights, lowlights, but it looked like it's more lowlights than highlights. But I'm definitely excited that football is back, and it takes care of the Monday, takes yeah. Sunday, Monday, Thursday. Man, can't get no better than this. Best time of the year. Best time of the year for a football fan. Quarterback play. Tua Tonga Viola, hell of a hell of a hell of a job yesterday. Herb Herbert to go back and forth. Quarterback play. Excellent. 
Brock Purdy to take his team into a Steeler nation and to dominate the Steelers and just look good even after an elbow injury. Outstanding. Even Jimmy Garoppolo. Nice. You go to Denver. I think it was Denver. You win. But on the flip side, Russell Wilson, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Now, last year they said it was the coach. Well, you got a new coach, and you've had all offseason to prepare. And you look terrible. Maybe maybe 150 yards of, of passing yesterday. Russell Wilson, former Super Bowl quarterback. You're, 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 I, I really, man, I'm, I'm in your corner, Russell. I like you, but I, you got to show me something on the field. You can't ask for nothing better, bro. If Russell Wilson was crying out loud in Seattle and he gets traded, sure, your first year at Denver is a hot mess. Let's just blame it on the rookie coach. Not that you're out of shape. Not that you just seem like you lost a step. And so what does Denver management do? They say, you know what? We apologize, you vet and Russell Wilson, you NFL uh, Super Bowl MVP. Let's reward you as we should with the proper coaching. You know, let's say, how about Sean Payton, who coached a future Hall of Famer in Drew Brees. We know the type of caliber player you are, Russell Wilson, desires, deserves the proper caliber coach. And then your first week out, you do that, bro. We can't even help you now. Right. Take away the excuses why you don't have the criticism. Right, right now, you do look like a hot mess. And how long? Because Sean Payton ain't the one. Because this is much as Sean Payton wants to believe in you. He went to bat for you over the season and attacked another coach. So don't make him eat his words. Because trust and believe, Sean Payton ain't that dude. He will sit you. He will bench you in a heartbeat. Because at the end of the day, he has a career uh, legacy and reputation uphold as well. And that is one that has groomed outstanding quarterbacks and puts up Ws. Don't disappoint what you say, Bronco Nation. So I'm with you on that one, man. Very disappointed in that. He, he he's looking up at a lot of players and a lot of a lot of quarterbacks in the AFC in the AFC uh, conference. Well, brother, that kind of wraps up the show, man. We're trying to we trying to hit it and quit it. So I want to end on this note. It's a, I, I hit hinted at it earlier. It is 9/11. We are celebrating. A, a, a terrible moment, a somber moment in our nation's history of 9-11. Um, and so I want to just acknowledge those who may have lost somebody uh, in the World Trade Center, uh, in the Pentagon, uh, on that flight uh, on 9-11. Do I have to have 9-11, an anniversary to remember those? No, I don't. I'm part of military as well. So, you know, operation security, communication security, being aware of your environment, I'm always that guy. I may not act like it, but I'm always aware of my environment. So, but I do wanna say though, to you, and we're having a, um, a Monday night football game in New York, we do need to celebrate, but we also need to acknowledge the lives that were lost on, on those, uh, that, that day. And to our military men and women all over our nation, our firemen, our first responders, our policemen, I salute you on this evening on our anniversary. And that's taking it to the house for me. And I'm out. Well said, Unc. I caveat 
Patriots Day in effect, three-time combat uh, combat vet here, and it's this day I remember as if it was yesterday. And to those family members, to the fallen uh, heroes, um, and to our service members who had fought for this country and made it back on behalf of what's happened for 9-11, I just say thank you again. Uh, this is a somber time of our country, of our country's history. But I love you all. Continue, continue striving forward. We never allowed that day to define us, only made us stronger and showed us a country of resiliency. And so as we get ready to uh, close out the show, it's always a great time just to remember those who served and who are serving and have done the great business for America country. And so as my co-host said, thank you all for your service. Take it to the house is out.